Happy Easter. It may seem strange to say happy anything at this time, but I want to talk to you about how in spite of everything that's going on in the world right now, you can have hope. This is a really difficult time for most people, for most nations, for really for the whole globe. It's a time of sickness and sadness, bereavement and grief, uh, and also a time of attack, not just on our bodies, but also on our minds. There's a huge amount of chronic anxiety, huge fears and panic, um, isolation and loneliness. These are often dark days and dark nights. And yet, in the midst of all that, this is not the end of the story because of the events of the first Easter. We started Alpha 10 days ago uh, online and we've got such an amazing small group of people and most of them are there because of the coronavirus. So they, they said if it wasn't for that they wouldn't have the time or that's what's made them think about it or it's so much easier for them to do an online course than it would be to come in person. And the questions they're asking are so fascinating. On the first night of Alpha we always ask if it turned out that there was a God after all, what question would you ask? And on Good Friday, I looked at one of the questions that was asked was, like, where have you been? Where on earth have you been? If you are God, why are you allowing all this to happen? But other questions that were asked were, what happens when we die? Where's my grandmother now? And will we see each other again? These are great questions. I, I used to be an atheist. I didn't believe there was a God. I didn't, certainly didn't believe there was life after death. But the events of the first Easter day is what changed my mind. It was reading the New Testament and discovering that there was evidence for the resurrection. I was a lawyer. I practiced law for almost 10 years and... All of my family are lawyers. My father is a lawyer, mother is a lawyer, sister is a lawyer, son and daughter qualified as lawyers, grandfathers on both sides lawyers, uncle a lawyer. And as I've often said, if we'd had a cat, it would have been a lawyer. But lawyers look for evidence and I, I needed evidence. And I hadn't realised how much evidence there is for the resurrection of Jesus. But I discovered first piece of evidence is that his body was not there. Jesus died, was buried, but when the women came to the tomb, and women were the first at the tomb as they had been last at the cross, and they were the first to be entrusted with the good news of Jesus. They arrived and they were so sad, full of grief. But when they discovered that Jesus had been raised, they were filled with joy. The disciples were hiding in their home, frightened, and Jesus appeared to them. That's the second piece of evidence, the fact that he was seen. And their fear turned to peace because Jesus said to them, my peace I give to you. Peace be with you. Thomas was a skeptic like me. He said, unless I see for myself, I'm not gonna believe. But when Jesus said, look at my hands and my feet, he was the first to call Jesus God. He said, my Lord, and my God. His doubts 
turned to faith. He too was transformed. And then look what happened to people like the Apostle Paul. Paul was a hater. He was out to persecute Christians, to put them in prison. And Jesus appeared to him. And his hate was turned to love. He became a, a, a man full of love. And 20 years later, he was able to write the Son of God to describe Jesus, who'd hung on a cross as the Son of God. The Son of God loved me, he wrote, and gave himself for me. And his love stemmed from the experience of God's love. So we see that that. The, the sadness turned to joy, the fear turned to peace, the hate turned to love, and weakness turned to strength. The, the cross was seen as a sign of weakness, the, the, the punishment of slaves and criminals. And as a result, the whole world was changed around and the symbol of weakness became the symbol of hope and strength the whole of history was changed. Indeed, we date history around the, the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus. We call what happened before BC and what happened after it AD. We are 2020 AD. It goes back to the, the events that changed the world. And then there's the experience of billions of Christians down the ages who have actually encountered Jesus. That's what happened to me. It was as I read the New Testament, as an atheist, as a skeptic, that it was as if the person of Jesus emerged from the pages of the New Testament and I encountered him. And the kind of cosmic loneliness that was in my heart turned to a new purpose, new hope, new love, new joy, new peace. It was absolutely transformative. That first Easter day was the greatest turnaround in the history of the world. God took what was apparently a tragedy and turned it into the greatest triumph of all time. I remember years ago, we were filming for ITV. ITV put on a 10-part series, Alpha, Will It Change Their Lives? And they filmed an alpha small group all the way through the course and put it on like, almost like primetime television. David Frost, who at the time was the best-known TV presenter, the man who did the famous Richard Nixon interviews, and he presented these, pro these programs, and it was an extraordinary opportunity. And all was going well until the Alpha Weekend. Now, I've done like maybe 90 Alpha Weekends, and they've all been amazing, apart from one. And that was the one they filmed. Of course, the Alpha Weekend is so important because it's a time when people have an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit, the love of God being poured into their hearts. It's often a life-changing moment. But on that particular weekend, it was a heat wave. It was 93 degrees. And we went to a place called Kidderminster, which turned out to be the epicenter of the heat wave. And we were in this wooden hut that was just attracted the heat. And we were all like pouring with sweat. And on top of that, it was the semi-finals of the World Cup and everyone was really distracted. Anyway, the weekend went really badly. And I remember in the car coming back, I was so depressed. But that night I, I couldn't sleep. 
three o'clock in the morning. I thought it's no point in not sleeping. I'll go down to my study and I'll do some filing. So I was sitting there filing when I looked up and there was my wife, Pippa, at the door. She said, what on earth are you doing here? She said, it didn't look good at the crucifixion. And like this, a penny dropped. And actually, three days later, it all turned round because they started to talk about what they'd actually experienced on the weekend. And it was amazing. And whenever things are going wrong in our family, we often say, it didn't look good at the crucifixion. It didn't look good at the crucifixion. And it doesn't look good right now. Our world is in huge pain. People are suffering terribly. And we, we're not at the end of this. And we look at what potentially that the... The, the tragedy that could happen around the world as we see what's happening in other parts of the world where they don't have the luxury of the NHS, uh, what's happening in the Syrian refugee camps, what could happen in India where people are so close to one another, often without doctors and nurses in these, these refugee camps and tents three centimetres away from each other. This is a humanitarian crisis. What's happening with the poor who don't have the luxury of self-isolation? This is a, absolutely a tragedy on a global scale. And yet, there is hope because God can turn things around. What the cross and resurrection shows is God can turn a tragedy and use it in a powerful way. So God is able to take the greatest tragedy and turn it into the greatest triumph. So where is our hope through the resurrection? First, the past has been dealt with. As Bishop Leslie Newigan pointed out, the resurrection is not the reversal of a defeat that took place on the cross. Rather, it is the manifestation of a victory that took place on the cross. The resurrection shows that what happened on the cross really worked for you and for me. That Jesus, when he died on the cross, really did take all the bad stuff we've ever done. He took all of my guilt and your guilt, all of my shame and all of your shame, and he took it on himself instead of us. The Son of God loved you and gave himself for you. Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. We're set free from guilt and addiction, potentially all our addictions have been broken through the cross. And he took our fears. All fears ultimately relate to the fear of death. And Jesus defeated that on the cross and through his resurrection. And he set us free to have a relationship with God. I love the picture that Charlie Mackesy has paints of the prodigal son, of the son coming back into the loving arms of the father who embraces him and kisses him and hugs him. That is the relationship with God that is now possible for you and for me. And he sets us free to love and to serve, especially to serve the poor at this time. And then the, the resurrection means that your future is secure. St Paul wrote this. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What happens when we die? That's the question asked in the Alpha Small Group. And it looks final. We're buried. And that looks like the end. But Jesus was buried and it was not the end. Because the resurrection shows that death is not the end. God raised him to life. And one day God will raise you too to life. There is hope beyond this life. And therefore we see things totally differently. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. He said, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. This is like death is just like falling asleep. Or to grieve like the rest who have no hope. It's okay to grieve. It's, it's natural to grieve. We should grieve when people die. But just don't grieve like those who have no hope. We have a hope because we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. So in answer to the question, will we see them again? Yes, we will. We will meet again to meet the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. You will be with the Lord forever. That is eternal life. That's the gift that Jesus made possible. Your future is secure. And then thirdly, the present is transformed because Jesus is alive. I have a friend who used to work for a major national newspaper. And back in those days, in that, at that newspaper's headquarters, they had files of all the people, famous people, who had ever lived. They had files of dead people, and they also had files of living people. So that if someone died, they could take that file and write the obituary. And one day, my friend who'd just become a Christian was looking through the files of dead people and he came across a file marked Jesus Christ. So he kept a quick look around to make sure no one was looking and he picked up the file of Jesus and he took it from the files of dead people and put it in the files of living people because Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus has been raised. He is alive and he is with you right now. And if you've never invited him into your life, into your home, there's a picture which Holman Hunt painted of Jesus, the light of the world, and he's knocking at the door of a home. And look at this picture. You could picture this to be your home. And there are thorns and thistles. That picture someone who's never yet invited Jesus in. And Jesus is knocking at the door. And he's saying, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. In other words, I want to 
come and be part of your life, to be part of your home. And you can invite, if you've never invited him in before, you can invite him in today, this Easter Sunday. And he will come in. But he won't force his way in. You'll notice that there's no handle on the outside of the door. Someone pointed that out to the Holman Hunt and said, look, you've made a mistake. And he said, no, it's not a mistake. There is a handle, but it's on the inside. In other words, God loves you so much that he leaves you and me free to make that decision to open the door and invite him in. So you may want to take this opportunity to invite Jesus to come in, to be part of your life, to be part of your home today. So picture Jesus standing at the door, knocking, as indeed he is. Jesus is alive, and here's a prayer which you can pray right now. Just say, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you love me so much that you died for me. And right now, I want to turn away from all the bad stuff in my life. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, and I put my trust in you. I trust you with my life. And I ask you right now to come in by your spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now receive the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus and he comes to fill you. And right now, maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed it many times before. But whether you, wherever you are in your relationship, this is a moment for the Holy Spirit to fill you or to refill you. So that prayer which we pray every service at HTV is come Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray that for you right now. Come Holy Spirit. This Easter day, come and fill your heart. You may like to hold out your hands as a way of saying, come and fill me today. Now come Holy Spirit. Receive. His love, the Son of God, loved you and gave himself for you. Know deep down in your heart right now that you are loved. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us an experience of God's love for us. Some of you right now are experiencing God's overwhelming love for you, like the Father in the picture of the prodigal son embracing you. Receive his peace. Leave your anxieties and fears, hand them over to him and receive his peace. And even in the midst of all this pain and suffering, his joy fill your heart, the supernatural joy of the Holy Spirit fill you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'd love to encourage you. Maybe you prayed that 
prayer for the first time or in a really significant way, maybe you've never done Alpha before. If you've never done Alpha, I'd love to encourage you to come and join us on Alpha this week, this Wednesday. We're doing it morning and evening. There's a youth Alpha as well happening on Wednesday evenings. If you are from a different part of the country, I'd encourage you to join an, an Alpha course that's running near you. There are thousands of courses running all over the country. In fact, they're all over the world. Where If you're in a different part of the world, you can go on an Alpha course wherever you are. And that's an opportunity to explore what you've experienced today more deeply. I'd love to encourage you also that uh, you might like to, to get hold of a copy of this, Why Easter, there's a prayer in the back similar to the one that I prayed, and you can get that online. Right now, we are going to, uh, maybe in your home, wherever you are, you might like to just stand as we're going to sing this song of praise and worship to the risen Jesus. God bless.